right, good morning, church. How are we doing today? I invite you to stand to your feet. I want to read a scripture uh, to us as we begin this morning. And uh, just happy that you're here, happy to be able to worship in freedom and just to come into this place. This is amazing uh, scripture in Acts uh, chapter 4. And it says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. It is my prayer heart this morning that as we have gathered together, that the Holy Spirit would just flood this place, fill our hearts, move in power. Let's, let's just pray together as the scripture says. It says when they had prayed, let's just pray. God, as we call out to you this morning, we pray that you would shake this place with your presence. Lord, we have gathered, we've assembled from different parts of the city and the beach and the county. Uh, here we've assembled as one church, one people, under your name, under your banner. And God, whatever distractions, whatever burdens, whatever things are going on in our life as we come into this place, Lord, we just, we just place them at your feet. God, we're excited. We're hungry to worship you, God, to praise you, to adore you, to give you glory and honor. Jesus, fill this room. Fill this place with your spirit, with your presence. Change us, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
sacrifice of our Lord through the Lord's Supper and it's a time for us to remember his sacrifice and this song is about that it is a song called remembrance and so let's just uh, begin to get in that mode God where we just we remember you remember that sacrifice Jesus you made for us on the cross Take the bread of life Broken for all my sin Your body crucified To make me whole again 
Church, you may have a seat just for a moment. Jesus commanded his uh, followers, his believers to do this uh, in remembrance of me, what we're about to do. If you're a Christian, if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, then I invite you to uh, partake with us. Does everybody have a cup and some bread? Does anybody not have one that needs one? If you'll just raise your hand and uh, our deacons are, are here this morning and they will get you one. I think we have some folks over here. So, uh, the Bible talks about uh, preparing ourselves before we uh, take communion, that we should do this in a, uh, a serious manner and way. And so let's just, let's just bow our heads, let's just close our eyes, and would you just simply pray to Jesus, Lord, I remember you. I see you on that cross in my mind's eye. Father, forgive us of our sins. God, forgive us where we have failed you. But Lord, you overcame my sin on that cross. Sacrificed your body, the blood that was spilled. scripture to us this morning. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. Apostle Paul said, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Peel back the bread. And take and eat. Paul continues. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Carefully peel back the juice, take and drink. And let's pray once again. Lord Jesus, we truly want you to be aware of our thanks and gratitude this morning. Your church have gathered to remember joining with Christians across the world throughout the generations we've all been changed because of your love 
Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank the deacons for assisting us this morning. And uh, let's stand together and let's continue to worship.
Let's hail the Savior of the world. Let's give him praise with our hands. Applaud you for all that you've done. Amen and amen. Turn and greet somebody beside you this morning for all that good singing. church. Good to see everyone. We are so thankful to be together this morning. We want to connect with you. We want to get to know you. And if you've been visiting the church for a while and you haven't filled out our connect card, we have a couple ways that you can do that. You can go out to the information desk and someone will be there to talk with you. But also you can do that digitally by putting in the phone number 904-441-6900 and put in the word connect and that'll give you the opportunity. Also, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you and pray with you. So you can put that in as well and that same number and that same word. If you want more information on what's going on in the body of the church, you can also put that phone number in and put in the word news type that in and that will give you um, all the things that are in your bulletin and other extra information that you might want to know. I'm going to turn it over to you, Tiffany. So I'm just going to go over a couple of events that we have going over um, in the body of our, uh, in our body this upcoming um, week. So this upcoming Wednesday, Women's Bible Study will be beginning for the summer um, and we'll be doing a five-week study. If you would like to go ahead and register for that, um, you can do so at women of, at womenofanastasia.com. Um, and the second thing we have going on is VBS is coming up um, June 13th through the 17th. Um, and there's, an, uh, well, out in the atrium, there's a desk where you can get all kinds of information. They'll have a place where you can register, get t-shirts, and um, get plugged in for VBS. So if you haven't plugged in either to Summer Women's Bible Study or VBS, um, there's places for you to do so. And I'm going to turn it over for Ju- to Judy so she can go ahead and pray. Yes, I'd like to <clears throat> thank you, our women's ministry team. We want to thank you for your generosity. Over the years, we've had the opportunity to have a luncheon in November. Every year, we do it as an outreach. And we ask you ladies to be hosting tables or just to come. And usually, we reach out to the community, to an organization, and find their need and collect for them. And over the years, we have collected socks for the homeless. We have collected books for Webster Elementary School to give the children books at Christmas time. We collected last year for the cancer at Flagler. Uh, lotions and socks for our ladies there. We have, there's so many to, numerous ones to uh, answer and to tell you about, but I just wanted you to know and just thank you not only for your tithing, but for your volunteers. We just love you and we thank you. Would you please pray with me? Father, Lord, I do thank you for this church. I thank you for this congregation that only gives, gives all that they have, not only through their monies, but through their time. And Lord, I just thank you for that. It's just been such a blessing to be here in this place with you and them. We just love you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you in the house this morning. What an incredible time that we get to come together and draw near unto the Lord and give his name praise, right? I love that song we just sang, All Hail King Jesus. And do you know right now, as we gather right here, King Jesus is here with us. Amen. And so we get to worship that name. Hey, summer is here, right? First weekend of summer. Any kids in the house? You guys excited? It's summer. 
Oh, man, that was weak. Come on, kids. Are you guys excited? It's summer. Par- parents are usually the ones, oh, what a no- I don't know what to do now, right? And uh, hey, summer is here. We've got a lot of things planned here at Anastasia for the summer for kids, for youth, for college, for adults. And if you want to keep up with a lot of those things that are going on, an easy way to do that is to go to anastasiachurch.org backslash summer, and that will give you a list of upcoming events. And so I'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing here this summer and just be uh, encouraged uh, with all that's going on. As a part of summer kickoff, we're starting a new sermon series today called You Asked For It, right? This is something we've done in the past, and it's been an opportunity over the last few weeks for you all to present some uh, ideas for sermon topics, things that you want to hear preached on, uh, talked about uh, from the stage and given more detail. And so here we are, week one, uh, verse sermon of You Asked For It. And um, Walter is out of town. He, he left me behind with Christ's second coming, right? So I'm excited this morning and just to open God's word and really dive in deep and look at that. But, you know, as, as we look at Christ's second coming, uh, you know, in scriptures, Jesus repeatedly told us to look for his second coming, to anticipate it, to long for it, uh, to be living a life worthy of our calling as he returns. And certainly as we live in such tumultuous times right now, uh, a lot of us begin to ask the question, is, is the time now, right? Is, is Christ's return imminent? Is he coming back soon? And, you know, as we, we look at Christ's return, my hope and my prayer this morning that as we look to that time, it'd be a time filled with hope, that it'd be a time filled with anticipation of his return. And, uh, you know, certainly as we look ahead, what will that date be? What will that time be? Uh, that will be a significant and important day in the life of the church and in our lives as well. But as we spend some time over the next few minutes, I pray that the Lord will give you hope for his return. I pray that he would give you peace in his return. I pray that you would have security and your trust and your salvation in him through a relationship with him. But I I think for many of us, if we're honest, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding it. And so I I think we we tend to turn away from it. I was uh, kind of illustrate this the other day, I was playing hide and go seek with my son. He's three years old, He's, he's just learning, right? And so it was like his first time playing, and I was like, all right, buddy, you're going to go hide somewhere. I'm going to count, and then I'm going to come find you, all right? He said, okay, Dad, I got it, I got it, I got it. So I start counting down, you know, 10, 9, 8, and I get all the way to zero, and I say that famous line that you say in hide-and-go-seek, right? What is it? Ready or not, here I come, right? And so I literally uncovered my eyes and, and started looking around at my surroundings, and my son is like 10 feet from me. And he's hiding in the corner with his hands over his eyes saying, I'm hiding, Dad! I'm hiding, Dad. And I'm like, son, I, I don't think you got the premise of the game, buddy. It's, I'm going to count down. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do what you're supposed to do and go hide, right? And, and he's, oh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. You know, similarly, I think when we talk about Christ's return, many of us are in the corner with our hands over the eyes, with our hands like this saying, I'm hiding, right? We're fearful. There's anxiety surrounding it. And I think that as we look at Scripture That's not God's desire for us, that we should long for his return, that we should ready ourselves to be in a place of living our life worthy of the calling, worthy of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. That's not what Christ wants. He wants us to be prepared to receive him on his second coming. When he returns, he wants to see us doing what he has called us to do and living a life that he has called us to live. 
And so a big part of this morning is I want to talk about how can we be ready? How can we be ready for his return? How can we anticipate it? How can we long for it? And I, I think as we answer that question, there are a few things that you need to understand first, okay? First of all, I think that we need to understand that some aspects of the second coming, some aspects of Christ's return are a mystery until they happen, right? There are aspects of it that we do not know yet and that, Christ, or that God is keeping close to him. Jesus repeatedly made this clear, right? And mystery will precede Christ's second coming, right? Matthew 24, 36 says this, but concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming son of man, right? The time and the hour is kept and locked with the father there. Ephesians 3, 9 says this, and to bring light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who has created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might not be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he, real, he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, right? There is mystery surrounding Christ's second coming, and we need to be okay with that. <laughs> we need to be okay and embrace that there is going to be mystery preceding Christ's second coming. And so I think for a lot of that, be okay not knowing all the details that Lord has kept unto him, right? And so understanding that, uh, but also I think as we are going to talk about Christ's second coming, there are some key events apart, as a part of Christ's return that I want to give an overview uh, this morning. And I understand, listen to me, there are a lot of varying different views on the timing in those key events and the interpretation of them. My, my heart is not to go through those various debates this morning. But biblically speaking, as we open the God's word, there are certain things. I encourage you as a follower of Christ to lean into God's word and study it for yourself. But for this morning, I just want to give you a foundation. I'm not trying to make a theological uh, stance on one way or the other. I just want to present you with what God's word is showing us this morning on those things. So I'm going to go over a few of these. I, I see six key events laid by scripture. I'm going to go over those relatively quick, but I think it's important as a foundation for us to move forward, all right? And I think there's some confusion surrounding some of them. So one of the ones that we want to talk about this morning is the rapture of the church. Now, simply understanding the rapture, this is for the church. This is Christ coming for the church. Those who have put trust and faith in him, Christ is going to return for the church. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Christ will return to gather his church and usher them into heaven. What a promise that we have in Christ Jesus. Now, you know, again, there are varying views on when that is going to take place. I, I encourage you to be a steward and study God's word. But the way that I understand the rapture is, has you ever gone out to eat and you go up to the hostess stand and, and you put your name down for a reservation, right? You ever gone there and then they're like, hey, it's going to be, if you eat at a St. Augustine restaurant, it's going to be a three-hour wait, right? Uh, but you go in and you put your name down and they say, okay, we've got a table secure for you. You just wait your time. We're going to buzz you when it's time to come in, right? And, and so you're guaranteed a table. Really, as Christ followers, Jesus said that he is going to make a place for us. He is setting the table for us. And he is our host that is going to tell us when it's time. And he is going to usher us to sit at the table with him. This is the understanding of the rapture right? Jesus has set our table. Our table, our place is reserved. 
It's just a matter of time of waiting for his return. Now, another element that we see, and again, there are varying views on when this is going to take place. I just want you to understand some of the key events. The seven-year tribulation. This is in Revelation chapter 13, Revelation 3, Matthew 24. This is going to be a time on earth that we have never seen before. There's going to be immense corruption, destruction, deception, persecution. Uh, We're going to see natural disasters. We're going to see God's wrath being poured out over the earth. This is going to be one of those difficult times like you have never seen or imagined laid out in Scripture. And and we're going to see this for a seven-year period of time, which then will lead to Christ's second coming to the earth. Before we saw Jesus in the rapture coming for the church, now he is coming with the church. And so we see this in Revelation chapter 19, and this is when Jesus is going to take control of the earth. He's going to defeat the enemy, and he is eventually going to rule and judge over the earth. And so this is an important time of Christ's return when he's going to come here and he is going to defeat the enemy once and for all and he is going to reign victoriously and conquer uh, as we know that he will. Amen? Amen. Y'all staying with me? There's a lot in here, okay? This will lead up to Jesus' thousand-year reign over the earth. Again, there are various opinions on this, but Christ will be with the church judging and reigning over the earth. That's the main point that I want you to gather. And uh, again... He is going to be judging the earth, those who are left on the earth, who are unbelievers. This is going to be the time where he sets up his throne of judgment, Revelation 20 and Matthew 21, over that time. And that's going to lead us to what we know is he's going to establish new heaven and new earth. Uh, A time that we look for and we anticipate. Christ is at work. He is preparing a place for us, and he is returning again. I covered a lot in about three minutes, all right? My hope out of this, please listen to me, my hope out of this is that you would take time to lean into the Lord and look to him and search out his word. That's why he gave us revelations. That's why he gave us the prophetic word, because that we wouldn't be found unready, right? But that we would be a church and a bride found ready for his return. That's his desire. And so, again, I'm going to say it. Mystery will precede the second coming of Christ. However, it does not mean you shouldn't seek the Lord to understand the fullness of his plan and his word for us. Whether you believe personally that Jesus is going to come back uh, the rapture before the tribulation, the middle of the tribulation, or after the tribulation shouldn't change the way that we prepare to receive him in our hearts, our minds, and our churches. And so this morning, that's what I want to focus a little bit on. How can we be prepared as individuals, as the church, for his return. And so I'm going to be reading uh, this morning from Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And what a beautiful passage of scripture that we have this morning. I'm going to ask you, if you're able this morning, uh, to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants. The things that must soon take place... He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Even to all that he saw, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear, who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Verse 4, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is 
who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits that are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse seven, come on church, listen to this. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on the count of him. Even so, amen. Verse eight, don't miss verse eight. I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. Let's pray together, church. Lord, we love you. God, we, God, long for your return. And so, God, as we open up your word this morning, I pray that, God, you would help us to see of the hope that we have in your second coming. I pray that you would remind us of the security that we have in you, Lord Jesus. And, God, I pray, Father, that as we look at Revelation this morning, as we look at uh, the scriptures that teach on your second coming, that, Lord, we would lean into them with anticipation and hope, Lord. God, we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus that you went to the cross on our behalf so that we might be freed in you. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Here's my point this morning as we look at and we open up and think about Christ's second coming. The second coming of Christ should cause us to look upward and inward. We should be looking upward to the Lord And we should be looking inward at our lives and examining how we can be ready for his return. How we can grow in our relationship and our time spent with Jesus. And so this first point this morning is the second coming of Christ should cause us to look upward and inward, acknowledging the fullness of God's glory. That's the first thing you can write down, acknowledging the fullness of God's glory. I'm going to skip to the last verse that I read in that passage, Revelation 1.8, because it's a powerful powerful verse. God steps in here in the middle of John's vision. He says this, I am the alpha and the mega says the Lord and who is and who was and who is to come the almighty. Now you got to imagine John is the writer of revelation, right? He is the one recording this vision that he is getting. And as the revelation uh, visions are opening up, John is getting a glimpse into heaven. He's seeing the heavenly throne. He's seeing things that are coming, uh, that are to come forth. And he is being blown away by the glory and the power of our almighty God. I mean, I can't imagine. It's like drinking, you know, from a fire hose, right? He is just seeing all things. And, and John sees vision of heaven, the future, uh, things that are going to come to pass. But right at the beginning of this prophetic vision, as John begins to write, God the Father steps in to give a word. Think about this. He says, I am the alpha and the omega. If there's ever been a time for a mic drop moment, this is right now, right? God steps in, I am the alpha and the omega. And he could have dropped the mic and that could have been it, right? But he steps in. We only see God stepping in to speak directly in Revelation a couple times. And so as he steps in, he gives this word. And alpha and omega, that is the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. In every context and phrase that is used, it can be applied to both the Father and to the Son. God in Christ comprises everything. Everything. All that goes between Alpha and Omega, as well as being the first and the last, it expresses God's fullness and all-inclusiveness. He is the source of all things 
and will bring all things to their appointed end. That is the Alpha and Omega. John's revelation, he is speaking with Alpha and Omega, and he's hearing from him. You know, uh, I don't know if you ever stop to take a moment to admire something, right? You ever stop? Maybe it's a sunset. Maybe it's a sunrise. Some of you are like, I can't get up to see the sunset. And some of you are like, I can't stay up to see the sunrise, right? But if you ever stopped just to admire something, to admire the beauty of something, to take it in, to reflect on it, to think on it. You know, I think most of us, because of the busyness of our schedule, those moments are few and fleeting, right? We get so busy that we don't take a moment just to stop and be present. You know, as we look and anticipate for Christ's return, I think it's so important for us to stop and to think and to reflect on our mighty God, his sovereignty, his lordship, what he has accomplished, what he can do to stop and just take a moment and say, God, you are bigger than me. You are greater than me. Your ways are so much higher than mine. I just want to stop and I want to worship you. If you want to be prepared for the second coming, you got to stop and take a moment to look in and to see the fullness of the God that we serve, his beauty and worship him. I love what Psalms 113.3 says this, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is above, high above all nation, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like our God? Come on, church. Who is like our God? There is none. He is above, who is seated on high and looks down on heavens and the earth. When's the last time you took a moment just to admire the beauty of our Savior, the beauty of our Lord. So important for us to take time to do that. Second thing you can write down this morning, as we look inward or upward and inward, it should stirring our affection for Jesus, stirring our affection for Jesus. Revelation 1.5, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You know, as, as we look at the book of Revelation and we dive into it, so many people confuse the main point of the book of Revelation. Some would say, hey, it's, it's a, Revelation is about judgment. And, and while I would agree, yeah, judgment is there. It's not the main point. Some would say it's about the defeat of the enemy, right? And, and although, yes, absolutely, that's a main theme of Revelation. Some would say it's about uh, Christ's followers being redeemed and taken to heaven. Absolutely. But can I tell you the main point of Revelation? It's King Jesus. It is King Jesus and his glory, his sovereignty. It is all about him. Because God knew that the only way that we would find freedom and salvation from sin is if the perfect lamb, the sacrificial lamb, would go to the cross. And he did it. He conquered the grave. He conquered sin. And he rose from the third day. And as he returns, it is going to be all about worshiping and bowing down. All hail King Jesus who is going to return. That is what the book of Revelation is about and pointing to. Revelation is all about King Jesus, his salvation, his sovereignty, his lordship. I've spent the last month preparing for this message and reading back through the book of Revelation. Reading back through the prophetic words and just really on my hands and knees. Lord Jesus, you speak the words that you would want me to speak. But can I tell you, as I went back through the Revelation, 
and went back through the books of the Bible that talk about his second coming, I couldn't help but fall more in love with Jesus. Look, look what, back again at Revelation 5, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. That's our Savior, Jesus. He has made us free. And because of him, we can, we can have hope for eternity. Because of him, my sins are forgiven. Because of him, I have been set free. Come on, church, anybody free in the house this morning? That's because of King Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about his worship. And so if we want to be ready for his return, boy, we got to stir our affection for Jesus. We need to be daily seeking him, daily worshiping him, daily in his word. You know, when I, when I get up in the morning, I, I like to make my cup of coffee. It's kind of spiritual for me. And uh, it's a sacred time, and, and I get my coffee, and, and I'm, I'm kind of weak that I can't drink it black, so i got to put the creamer and the sugar in there. And, you know, when you first pour it in there, it just kind of all sinks to the bottom. And if I got my coffee and I didn't stir it, can I tell you, it's going to be pretty bitter, right? But when I stir it up, all that sugar and cream on the bottom begins to fill the entire cup of coffee, and then I can drink it, right? Can I tell you that until you stir your affection for Christ Jesus, life is going to be bitter? Life is going to be bitter. Even as Christ followers, sometimes we allow our lives to be bitter and broken because we have not stirred our affection for the Lord Jesus. As we look for his return, we need to stir our affections for him, be in relationship, seek him out, and God is going to bless you in that. Uh, third thing that you can write down, it needs to, we need to be reviving our devotion to the prophetic word. Revelation 1.3, listen to this. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. God is revealing that we are called to open up this book and to read it. Not just the gospels, not just the epistles, but the prophetic word that we see in Revelation. Can I tell you, there's a real temptation, my hand raised too, right? To avoid Revelation, right? There's a real temptation. But here, right in the beginning of the book of Revelation, it says, listen, if you will take your time to lean in, I know that you don't understand it all, that's okay, but lean in and seek the Lord. God says that he is going to bless us in that. He is going to give us peace. He is going to give us clarity in seeing some things. I, I heard someone write this. By the way, when you do what you should be doing, that is reading God's word, I am, God says, I'm going to bless you to pieces. <laughs> Think about that. God wants us to be prepared for what is ahead. He wants us to prepare ourselves, and listen to this, our families for his return. Lean into the word. Lean into the prophetic word. And again, I understand that it's a tough book, but can I tell you, get with believers and study it together. The more that you lean into it, the more that you seek the Lord, I believe that he's gonna reveal himself to you. And the more that I think that you will get peace out of reading this book right here and anticipating his second coming. If we're really serious about being a, a people who are ready for Christ's return, we need to be dedicated to reading his scriptures. I challenge you, when's the last time that you have opened the word of God and sought the Lord? Was it last Sunday? Was it a, a couple weeks ago? Take time this week to open it and, and just, just pray, just pray as you open God's word. God, I, I, don't, I don't know what I, I'm supposed to learn, but God, you just reveal yourself to me. And can I tell you, he is faithful to do that. He is faithful to do that. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning 
is we should be looking upward and inward, bringing about true repentance. Bringing about true repentance. Verse 7, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every knee will see him, even those who have pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on the account of him. Even so, amen. When Christ returns, everyone must give account. Everyone will see him and know him as the Lord of all. Scripture says, for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of these who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord. In other words, you wanna be ready for his return and coming. Don't wait till his returning before you declare his name as Lord and Savior. Don't wait, do it now. The time is now to receive him, to live in relationship with him. Do we have any procrastinators in the house? Come on, you're amongst friends. I used to be a procrastinator, maybe still am sometimes. I like to think of myself as a recovering, recovering procrastinator, right? Sometimes we like to wait till the last minute to do things. Can I tell you, this is one area of your life that you do not want to wait till the last minute. Receive him now. Put your trust and your faith in the Lord. Listen, I don't know how you came in here this morning, but if you have not put your personal trust and decided to follow Jesus, man, don't leave this place. Come, out, come up after service. Come talk to me. Come talk to our counselor. I pray for you. I, I'll help you. Don't wait. The time is now. Scripture says we're not promised tomorrow. So today is the opportunity we have to put our trust in him. 2 Peter 3.9 the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. Can I tell you, God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you. He's ready to receive you. You don't need to get anything in your life together first before you receive him or come to him. He's ready to receive you just as you are. And so I encourage you, the time is now. The last thing that you can write down as we look upward and inward, we need to be remaining faithful as a church. You know, John says, to the seven churches that are in Asia's grace and peace to you from him who was and who is and who is to come and from the seven spirits who were before the throne. A good portion of the book of Revelation is dedicated to looking at the churches of Asia that John had been a part of and helped plant. And a good part of that time is getting the churches to remain faithful, to turn their attention and their focus back on Jesus. And while that was a real need then, it serves as an example for us today and a reminder that we need to remain faithful as the church. We need to do what the Lord has called us and put us on this earth to do, share the gospel, to go forth to all nations. You know, I, I, uh, I love in, in Corinthians, Paul uses the description to describe the church as a body, right? And we know a body has many different parts, and those parts are represented by you and I, right? We make up the body of Christ, and we each have different functions and different parts. And when we all work together collectively under the lordship of Jesus, we fulfill what the Lord has asked us to do. You know, as I was thinking about that the other day, I was, I was sitting in the doctor's office, and I had been waiting a really long time, and finally saw the doctor, and I went to get up, and then as I went to get up, my leg was asleep. And I'm trying to get up and to move, and, and I'm walking, I'm walking all kinds of funny through the doctor's office, and I'm trying to get out. Luckily, my other leg was still strong, but I'm grabbing onto things, trying to get out of there. And, and, and I was thinking about that for so much of the church. 
We're the body of Christ, yet some of the body is asleep. We've got to wake up. We've got to be the church that Christ has called us to be. We've got to move forward. It's only when we're all together, when we're each serving the part that God has called us to, and we're collectively under the lordship of Jesus, that we will move out and we will change this community. We will go change the world in Christ's name and power. It's time that we remain faithful as the church and stand up to the call that he has put us to be, the bride, the groom, and in return to what he has called us to do. Let's wake up, church. Let's be faithful and let's look for and let's anticipate. Let's put our hope in the return of Christ Jesus. He's coming. Are we ready? Are you ready? Let's use this time this morning right here. Let's prepare ourselves. Let's make those decisions to seek him out. If you're here this morning and you have never accepted the Lord as your savior, this time's for you. Don't wait till tomorrow. Come, come make that decision this morning. He's ready to receive you. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. God, thank you so much that as we look for tomorrow and when there's being so much mystery ahead, Lord, we can have confidence and trust in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. God, I pray that we would be a people, that we would be a church ready for your return, Lord Jesus. So God, as we have a time of invitation to respond to how you're leading us, Lord, I pray that we would respond this morning in faithfulness. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand, let's worship King Jesus, all hail King Jesus. Let's come forward this morning and you come as the Lord leads, you come.
us as we go, that we would go boldly as the church that God has called us to be, and we would live fully for his glory and for his honor and his praise. Amen. God bless you, church. Go and be the church that God has called us to be.